There has been so much misinformation put out from some of these crazy Karens. Blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. <laughs> we have the mother. This is obviously the missing mother. And we have the child. And they just poof, disappeared. It was how he was not only going to kill me, but how he was going to kill my husband. And the race was on. This is The Klein Files with Philip and Carolyn. And a very good afternoon, morning, noon, or night, whatever you want. Why are you over there laughing at me now? This is round two. This is part two. Today is just the best way to put it. My my life in the last 48 hours has been just a shit show. And that is literally the only way to put this. Can you say shit on the radio? We we are an explicit whatever setting that I put it on. There it is, folks. There it is. You didn't hear it from me. I never said the word shit. Oh, okay. Or damn. Anyways, hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm here. Hi. Welcome to the uh, Klein Files. My name is Philip Klein. I'm chief cook and bottle washer and whatever else you want to call me here around here. I get called a lot of things. And I am in town for a very short time. Just came back into town and uh, I've got uh, a bad cold. So y'all are going to have to deal with it. If you hear snot flinging, you just know it's going to happen. I'll it's... try to mute you. Okay. Well, I'll give you a signal then. <laughs> If I start coughing. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, got it for my little granddaughter, Ella May Gear. That's mm. your daughter. Yep. I knew I was in trouble when the three kids came over. and The first one comes up. Hey, Papa, how you doing? Gives me a big hug and kiss. The second one, which is the littlest one, Addy, 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 comes up to me and, hey, Papa, how you doing? I'm so glad to see you. And then I get the third one come up to me and say, hi, oh, Papa. So what's wrong with you? He's almost a teenager. No, that's the girl. Oh, you're talking. I mean, yes, I'm talking about Ella. Okay. Ella comes in. Papa. What's wrong? Why are you crying? I don't feel good. Right then I said, oh, no. Sure enough, 48 hours later, here we are. Sick. Mm. But anyway, I've been sick, what, last two weeks? You have, but I live with them and I'm not sick still. So That's probably because you got some type of immunity on it maybe maybe i don't know but i got checked for covid and i got checked for flu and it was none of that it was just junk he called it Hmm. and by the way let me give a shout out i forgot to do this uh in our first failed recording i need to do it now i i I, dr uh ramsey decor who is your doctor too right he's kind of the doctor to client investigations and consulting and kic texas and all the other groups we have TPB. Um, anyway, Dr. Decour, who has been my physician for a very long time, had to give him a big hug, and he wouldn't let me hug him because he's sick. But anyway, gave him a big handshake, and um, he is leaving the practice. He said I scared him away. <laughs> Just uh-huh. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I can't do that because I'll laugh, and when I laugh, I'll cough. Um, anyway, I, I want to give Dr. Decor a shout out. He's been my doctor for what, seven years now, eight years, quite a while, got me through COVID, got me through a lot of stuff, um, except for a little trip to the hospital in Houston about three years ago. Uh, and, uh, I got to tell you, I love the man. Um, and, uh, Ramsey, I thank you for everything you've done for me. Your wife, Ramona, who is the kid's pediatrician she is, and, uh, just the, the most wonderful people in the world. And I just want to say, uh, uh, you know, uh, thank you for everything you've done for me. I'm looking for a new doctor now, so I'll have to figure that one out. But, uh, anyway, I just wanted to say to Dr. Decor, thank you. He says we're funny. 
Oh, geez. He says he laughs all the time. <laughs> I bet with you he does. Well, you know. I try to lighten that damn staff up. I mean, I... They, <laughs> God. I mean, you know. And then and then one day they, they get a, a little girl, Vicky is her name. What's her name at the front? Victoria. 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 I call her Vicky. And I walked in. I said, hey, how you doing? She had a big smile. I said, why are you smiling? It's your last time coming in. I went, oh, oh, oh thanks a lot for that, Victoria. I brought you a present. She goes, uh, uh. I didn't mean it. I was just playing. I think they see you more than they see me. They do. They do. Well, I got to have shots for everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, it's just one of those things. But anyway, God bless uh, Dr. DeCour. He's going. This is great. He's how old? Your age? Is he 38, 40? Uh, yeah. I think he might be a little older than me or around my same age. Yeah. Anyway, he is um, not leaving uh, uh, the practice of medicine. He's getting out of general practitioner. And he's going to spend the next three years in internship in psychology. Imagine that. I pushed him to that. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, he is going to uh, study psychology. And he's coming back to Southeast Texas. uh, Is going to open a residency here for psychology, which is desperately needed. We don't have enough psychologists in Southeast Texas. Well, I think he's taking his residency with the Baptist Hospital um, mental facility. I can't think of the actual name. University of Texas. It's sponsored by UT. Maybe. Anyways, best of luck to you. Yes, we're very excited uh, for him and uh, in his new endeavor. And so now he's going to talk to even more crazy people. So that's good. Fun times. That was a joke. Mm-hmm. Me, crazy. Yeah. Know, I think most of our listeners might agree with that. Imagine that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we kidding. wish him the, nothing but the best and everything else. So the today's yeah. show, we're going to kind of do a kind of do something a little bit different. Uh, we are going to um, we're going to kind of briefly go through um, this past year uh, and um, in in the good, the bad, the ugly, and Caroline's going to handle that side of it. But before we start that, no, oh, there's always a before. I know. Do you want to introduce it? Go ahead. No, you go for it. No, please. I don't even know what you're about to say. Yes, you do. I started it last time. I know, but no, I don't want to introduce it. Yes, you're going to introduce it. <laughs> okay. Are we talking about Homeland Security? Yes. Okay. We're going to talk about Homeland Security, Good but you got God. five minutes to ta- touch this subject. Okay. Here's my five minutes of touching the subject. United States of America is now under level one threat. If you don't know what that is, last time we were in level one threat was 9-11. Lots of ones in there, right? So where we are, folks, is that it is not a matter of if, if there's going to be attack on the homeland. It's a matter of when. And during this Christmas season, all the way through January, probably, I'd say, probably all clear out by the 6th or 7th, nothing has happened, unless they're smart and they decide to do it after the holidays and when everybody has their guard down a little bit. But for the next foreseeable future, I would suggest, and as I've briefed my clients that give personal, that we give personal protection to, uh, some of which are in Congress and the Senate and um, um, some governments, uh, that's about corporate executives, of course. What we are telling them is this. If you don't have to go out in large pools of people, don't do it. We are worried about the lone wolves. We are worried about the guy with the machine gun. 
we are worried about the guy with the um, long magazine. We are worried about the guy that even may put a bomb on him and detonate it and blow himself up in a mall or a movie theater or at a school or somewhere. Uh, individual person, maximum kill rate. Folks, and, and I'm not trying to scare you, and I'm not trying to say I know something that you don't. Um, I am hooked into, as in the private security world and as a government contractor, we are hooked in to Homeland Security, DSS, that means Diplomatic Security Services. We are hooked into the Secret Service. We are hooked into the U.S. Marshals. We are hooked into DEA. We are hooked into ATF. We have get Monday morning briefs. And every Monday morning at 6.30, I get up, turn my laptop on, and there's my brief. This is what's going on. A lot of stuff they don't broadcast. A lot of stuff some of the news media filters, and they don't broadcast, which is scary in itself. We have whack jobs on the left that have created this perfect storm. They're marching down in New York and Boston. They're tearing posters down. They're putting graffiti up. Support Hamas. They're supporting this group that killed 3,500 Jews. That's sick in itself. The Jewish people have finally said uh, in Israel, the Israelites have finally stood up and said, no more. We're done. We're not. We're tired of getting killed. We're tired of getting shot. We're tired. You know, you go back, and I'm a study of histories, those of you that know me. I'm a study of history. You have to know where, you, where you've where you been before you know where you're going. Folks, let me tell you something. We are going in a very, very, very bad direction. I read an article this morning in my briefing this morning from a particular agency that Russia just put a multi-headed nuclear weapon in the ground in a silo near one of their military bases this morning, according to intelligence sources. This is one of those that shoots up in the air about a mile, and then they have breakout missiles that fall out of the head of the missile, and they can go to seven or eight targets. That's seven or eight nuclear bombs that can go up off of one launch. It's a scary time, very scary time. Why did Russia do that? Well, of course, because the aid, excuse me, the aid package in Congress failed. It failed. And you get the Democrats, they're playing games up there, uh, trying to make it into one package for Ukraine and for uh the Israeli war for the, for the Israelis, and then you get in the Republicans go, no, we need to have individual packages. Let's do one package, one package for Ukraine, one package for Israel. I like that idea. I think cooler heads will prevail, and it puts people, it gives, it gives the Democrats and the Republicans a chance to go, no, I either support it or I don't. Everybody's running so scared, but you get these whack jobs at some of these universities, like Harvard, Harvard. I know some Harvard-educated lawyers that are just besides themselves. What is my university doing? Penn, where the president got fired and the whole board was removed. Good. Get rid of them. You're going to support a terrorist organization that kills the Jewish folks? No. No. No, 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 no. 
No, no, you got to go. And so I'm hoping Harvard wakes up because they've lost, what, a billion dollars we were reading the other morning? A billion dollars in contributions for this next fiscal year. A billion dollars. Some people say, oh, that's horrible. I don't know. I kind of like it. I can think of a better place to send a billion dollars. How about NECMEC? Mm-hmm. That'd be a great thing. We I could get a million dollars up in NECMEC. Oh, my God. Look what we can do. Maybe some of those cases would actually get more attention. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the bottom line is we're at level one. Here's what I'm recommending, and I have recommended in personal meetings throughout the last however many weeks that I've been traveling, sitting down with corporate executives, sitting down with politicians, sitting down with the people that we protect. Three things very quickly. Number one, if you don't have to get into the malls, don't do it. Number two, and everybody always looks at me like I'm crazy, get Netflix or Prime or whatever, Amazon Prime. Don't go to the movie theaters. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I hate to say that, but just don't do it. You get a big screen TV, spend the money you'd spend on popcorn drinks and everything else, and get a big screen TV and put it in your room and hook into Netflix. Do something, but don't go into that sort of public situation. Number three, most importantly, those people, the friends of ours in Los Angeles, New York, Boston, Miami, New Orleans, Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio. Look, if you're going to have a corporate party, you're going to go to a corporate party. Don't give anybody your itinerary. Don't. And if you got to go, go shake hands, have one of those. What are those little things I like? The little quiches. Oh, those are so good. Have a little quiche. And have a, have a little Diet Coke and smile or have a wine or have a drink. Get Uber and have a drink and tell everybody thank you and get the hell out of there. Don't spend a bunch of time. And the most important thing is if you've got a shop, hey, Amazon.com. Hey, Walmart.com. Everybody's well, got a .com. I'm gonna, I'm gonna no. be against the grain on that one because I think we should be supporting our uh, local stores and shopping local. Didn't say that. Well, but you did Didn't say, say just that. order on Amazon and Walmart. If you if you got to go buy something, let me clarify. You got to go buy something at Walmart. Ordered online. Oh, okay. All right. I'll if you got to buy something that. else and you can't find it at some of your smaller stores, shop your smaller stores. Go to a smaller stores because the target is the maximum amount of kill with the less amount of issue, meaning lone wolves. That's what you got to look for, lone wolves. And there's a lot of security people like us that are not allowing, uh, you know, if we've got a protectee in the building, we get with the corporate security and say, look, before we're coming in there, you're going to have all the backpacks lined up in the in the in the in the basement. Nobody comes in with a backpack. Nobody nobody comes in with a with a briefcase. Nobody comes in with anything. And if they are, if you got to have them come in and they're one of the, your corporate executives, open the briefcase, search it, check it, make sure. I mean, we are very serious. This is level one, folks. This is no mess around. If it was a level three situation, I'd say, you know, you can't protect against all lone wolves. If you think that they're going to sit around 
and I'm being real serious about this. If you think they're going to sit around and do nothing, you got another thing coming. Okay? So with that, let's uh, do the... I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but we've got to be honest. I know, but you're well past your five minutes now. So we are going to move forward to 2023 Reflections of the Year. I'm going to go get my grandchildren and tell them to be bad today. No, they're being actually really good while we're uh, recording I can fix that. Um, So I want to touch base. Okay, like the first thing I I reflected on for 2023 are the four missing persons that we were able to successfully find and return alive. That we can talk about. Yes. Um, uh, let me let me reiterate, folks. You know, I get this question a lot, Mr. Klein. Well, you know, uh, you know, you only, you only got three this year. You only got four, and we always have to say, mm, yeah, that we can talk about. We've gotten other ones that we can't talk about. Okay. Right? So the ones that we can talk some about, which we're not even going to re- be able to say their some, names. Some of your best work will never be told. Correct. All right. Because they are underage. Well, I mean, the ones I'm talking about. Um, which brings me to the topic that's so hot right now because there's so many of them are uh, runaway teenagers or teenagers that are missing that are automatically labeled as runaways. We just had one recent um, here within the last couple weeks. Well, we've had multiple, but one specifically that was found unfortunately deceased. And um, that he was labeled a runaway and I'm not sure that that's even what it was. Um, yeah, that's one of the things when law enforcement calls us, both federal, state, you know, they say, hey, can you check into this for us, like up in Newton County and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. They, 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 they call us and say, hey, would you review, come on in and review our case and would you take a look at it? We try to tell law enforcement all the time, just because they're missing does not mean they're a runaway. Correct. Listen to me, folks. Just because they're declared missing does not mean they're a runaway. Uh, it's easy for law enforcement to go, ah, they're a runaway. Well, and on the criminal side, they obviously have things, right. you know, a criteria that they have to check. That's why when, but this little when boy parents up, call and hire us. Right, but this little boy up in the uh, up in the canal was, he had a long... I do not believe he was a runaway. No, no, He was no. portrayed as that. He was portrayed as a runaway. Oh, he's, you know, it's, it kind of reminded me of Tom Brown a little bit. You know, oh, oh yeah. he's he probably... Yeah, he's in a car somewhere. He got on the air, and he was found floating in a canal. He committed suicide. Imagine how... Many, imagine how many um, people, whether they're teenagers, whether they're adults, that are labeled as, oh, they just ran away or, oh, they just walked somewhere and committed suicide. If those were actually looked at as a crime from day one, from moment one, instead of labeled that, imagine how many would be found alive. And I got to give... Props to Houston Police Department. HPD is now under the auspice that anytime anybody goes missing, and immediately it's a crime scene. Immediately. They don't even ask questions. You you roll a patrol car out to a house. The police officers get on scene. Hello, how are you? Yes, my, my 12-year-old daughter is missing. Boom. It stops right there. Boom. There goes the yellow tape. Boom. Here comes the CID people. Boom. Here comes the crime scene investigators. Boom. Here comes uh, the DA's office. I'm telling you, HPD has it going on, folks. They're making the model for the rest of the United States right now. You cannot mess around with this. Even if it's a 
They show up in the middle of the crime scene. <laughs> Excuse me. They show up in the middle of the crime scene. Okay, good. Yay. Stand down. Everybody go home. And that's it. You got to treat it that way. You mm-hmm. don't have a choice anymore. We we live in a wacky world now. Well, I hope in the next year that we'll have more of our local police departments. Hey, y'all do a great job. But I wish we had more of our local police departments in Southeast Texas treat them more like a crime from day one. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't want to get too much into that. But we did have some very successful um, cases this year. We've we've had a, a lot of great business um, for the year of 2023. And um I want to keep it going. What's the next case? What You what? want to just go down the list? Go for it. Okay. Let's go uh, with the Tom Brown case that is still in litigation. It's going to continue to be in litigation for a while. It's in the appeals court. There are four uh, defendants now rather than the eight defendants. Uh, I have a feeling that the appeals court from what we can read from the attorney's briefings that it looks like it's headed to discovery if that happens get ready out there for your depositions mine included i'll be glad to sit in a deposition i don't care i'll answer any question anybody's got so uh that's exciting um what this family has been put through this year i i i that chris samples he i you people up in North Texas need to take a good hard look at that guy. I I just I, I just I don't understand it. And this Michael Crane guy, uh, who the what they call him, the former state investigator Michael Crane, was really a Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission bottle reader that never worked a homicide case in his life. But he wanted to go back through the evidence, but he wasn't an investigator, but he was a Navy SEAL when he really wasn't a Navy SEAL. I mean, you can go on and on. It's nothing but horrific. I mean, oh God. And they didn't vet him. They didn't vet. If, if, if everybody who calls us stupid and we don't do our jobs and everything else, we're able to find it in five minutes. What the hell? And I encourage all of you, if you don't believe me, I encourage you all to go to Chief Shipley on YouTube. Chief Shipley Michael Crane. Just Google it or or do it on YouTube. I guess YouTube has its own search engine. Do it do it on YouTube and watch the video. And if you don't go over to the toilet and throw up, some of you that have 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 backed this radio station and backed this guy, Michael Crane, uh, you know, you, you need you need to think about it. You need to think about who you are. You really you really need to think about that. But anyway, moving on. Uh, I want to talk about Michael Blassen game. Yeah, go for the Blassen Eaton Blassen game case that we we've had that case since two thousand and eight. That was my very first case that I ever had here. That's right. Aside from the Sabrina Allen case. That's right. Well, Little Blasting Game is now going to be 13, 14. He's going to be 14 years old now. And he's on the internet. His name's Eaton Blasting Game. His father's name is Michael Blasting Game. Google it. You can see all of his tattoos and where he is. He's down in Malaysia. We know he's in Malaysia. Either that or he's crossed the border and got uh, got back over to Kuala Lumpur 
Uh, we we think he's still hacking around there. He probably got his tattoos fixed and changed. Uh, his mother and father still live in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, we're still looking, of course, with the U.S. Marshals. Uh, we've come close a couple of times, like within three or four days. Uh, but um, all of a sudden, poof, they've disappeared. So Well, it's easy when you have family backing you and yep. financially giving you what you want. Yep, giving you all the money you need. And that's what these people have done. And I, I can't wait till we, uh, you know, we're eventually, eventually it's going to come to the point where this little Eaton, or I say little, he's big boy now, he's big boy, he's going to get on the internet and Google himself or somebody's going to slip and say something or you know, uh, God bless if he's, I hope he's not passed, but I, 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 my, my, my gut instinct is telling me that, uh, when this all comes out, uh, you know, uh, that's his, his dad, Michael, who, who kidnapped him. I can assure you, Michael, and I know, you know what we, we, you know, we, we have our ways of checking who listens to this show and I can assure you, I can assure you, and I know you've been listening I can assure you, and you listen to me, Michael, that we're going to get you, we're going to get your sister, the lawyer, and if I'm, I can do it, and the U.S. Marshals can do it, and the FBI can do it, and DSS can do it, we're, we're going to get you both in jail. And that's my goal. If you're guilty, and you are guilty, Michael, I don't know about your sister, we're, we're going to work on that, but I guarantee you. We're going to get you. And it, it, and you know what? I still got a few years left in me. And guess what? I got some other people that work in here that have a lot of years left in them. So we're not going anywhere, Mike. Nope. <clears throat> All right. What's the next one? Um, Zaharias. We've still got lots of good tips coming in. We're following through. We have some um, people doing DNA right now. Yep. Um, you know, that's Uh-oh. only a matter of time. Uh-oh. When we get to DNA, that's where you know it's at. Hello, nozzles. We're doing DNA. What does that tell you? Oh, that they're going to go down sooner than later. Yep. What does that tell you, Mr. Mrs. Nozzle? Or Miss Miss Nozzle now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I bet you didn't know we knew that, did you? Hmm. Interesting. Go ahead. Anyways, that that'll that's that's just a matter of time. I don't want to talk too much on that one because we've got a lot of good things going right now. It's pot case right now. So pot case. Um. Which other ones do you want to talk about? I, th- I think all we really have left is the Coons case, and I'm not sure we want to go. We're not going to talk about Coons about right other than either. say we're being very silent about it right now. Uh, I did see an interview with, um, so like, God bless this guy, Nate Eaton. I love Nate Eaton. But <laughs> I'm not sure he loves you. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not here to like. I mean, uh, know that. and that's, you learn when you do this job. Whether they like you or not doesn't matter. It's getting the job done. And that's why people call me all the time. That's why people hire this firm all the time. They know that, you know, when they get me, I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. There's no reason to sugarcoat anything. You don't come here because you're happy. You know, that's not why you come here. Um, Nate Eaton. He's the guy that does the Secret Santa every year up there in Idaho. Don't you have you ever watched that? Yeah. Oh my God! Is that just the most emotional thing you'll ever watch? It is. Lord, they they actually change people's lives, literally change people's lives. But I saw in an interview, um, who brought that to me? I don't know. I think Leeson brought it to me. 
an interview that was done with Nate and um, uh, one of the suspect's mothers. And she ended the interview with this quote, and I'm paraphrasing, of course. Last time I talked to Philip Klein on the phone, Philip Klein told me, do you know what keeps me up at night? Do you know what I pray for? And she said, what, what do you pray for, Philip? I pray that I'm wrong. I want you to think about that, folks. I pray every time I get one of these cases, I pray that I'm wrong. I really do. Like Homeland Security thing. I pray that I'm wrong. I'm like everybody else. I want to go home to my family. Do you think I like wearing bulletproof vests? Do you think I like that? No. Do you think I like to take a bullet for somebody? No, I'd just prefer a bullet not come. Do I prefer to go find a grave with a dead child in it? I told Caroline one day we were out there and I was, what, six feet, seven feet underground? We had a big track hoe out there in Oklahoma. Remember that? And I was all the way down in this hole, and we were taking a, 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 a water break. And I think it was M.J. Holmes said, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you're down in that hole. What are you going to do if we come across skeletal remains? And I looked up at her, and I say, I pray we don't. I pray this is what we call in the business a dry hole. I, You know, folks, it's Christmas time. I, I pray that all of these kids are alive and we were just wrong. That's what gets me up at night. People ask me that in speeches I give and going around. I, I pray. But let me say this. I believe God's in charge. Right? I believe God's in charge. Yep. I believe he leads us. And people often ask, why are you so successful? I said, because we keep our priorities straight. Keep your priorities straight. It's never about somebody else. Like with the, coon, uh, with the uh, what's that case? Uh, Brown. With the Brown case. It's mm -hmm. not about Crane. It's not about, uh, what's the DJ's name? Uh, samples. Samples. Crane or samples. It's never about those people. It's, it, it, for me, it's never about them. It's about the case itself. Case in chief, I always call. Go with what you know. I tell my people that all the time in meetings. Some people who say, I know, go with what you know. But you know what? That's a fact. Go with what you know. So I pray for them, and I pray for the souls of those that we've lost this year. You know, we've we found some uh, deceased ones, and, um, you know, God bless their families and the people that have to remain here. Um on this earth and uh, have to deal with that for the rest of their lives. God bless them. So there you go. And we do want to give a big thank you to our clients. Absolutely. Thank you to all We've of you. Some of the best clients. Oh my God. Do we have some great clients? I mean, they come in and um, you know, and, 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 and so with that, I want to close we're kind of short this one because we're under a tight schedule today. It's Sunday and we've got a lot of things going on up here before Monday hits. I want to, do you mind if I close with a little story? Yes, you may. Friday night, I woke up 
well, Saturday morning, but 3.30 in the morning straight in bed. That's how we seem to do. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. LMA. Uh, anyway, I, uh, I want to say this. Um, I woke up 3.30 in the morning and there was a little girl and I'm just going to, I'm not going to say her last name because her mother is still alive. Her father's passed, but I was coming out of swim practice when I was in eighth grade and I was leaving dad's club in Houston, Texas. And I was getting up there in the rankings pretty good. And you know, when they work you out twice a day and you're in a weight room once a day, you're pretty tired by the end of the day and being in school all day, you're tired. My dad came and picked me up from swim practice on his way home from work. And he said, Hey dad, uh, he goes, hey, um, listen, I know you're hungry, which I was starved, by the way. He said, uh, but I have a client of mine has a daughter that's down at Texas Children's Hospital. Well, I'm like, yeah, okay. What about it? He goes, well, we're going to go down there. I'm like, dad, really? He goes, yeah, we're going to go down there. And I want to introduce you to her, the operative word, her. And I'm like, Her? And my grandkids sometimes ask me, Papa, who's the first girl you kissed? Papa, who's the first girl you hold hands with? You know, that sort of thing. And I think one of them had said something like that to that day. And I think that's, that's where I came out of my dream. And um, we got down to Texas Children's Hospital, walked down this long hallway, and there's this door. And opened the door, and my dad went in first, and I went in behind my dad. And here is this beautiful young woman sitting in the bed. And she has a scarf over her head, a beautiful scarf. And he introduced me, and her name is Susie, Suzanne. Susie is what I called her. And Susie said, well, hi, how are you? And she had a big smile, and I was like, wow, okay, well, she can't be that sick. And I went over, and I introduced myself. I said, I'm Philip Klein. She goes, ooh, you smell like chlorine. I said, yeah, that's because I just spent three hours in the pool. And she she and I hit it off immediately. I mean, we hit it off. Just, you know, hit it off. Friends. I mean, you know, hey, she's my age. I'm hers, et cetera. That started a long period of about, I'd say, four months where she was in Texas Children's Hospital. She had a form of blastoma. Uh, and she got to eventually go ring the bell and she was cancer free. Now, remember back then folks, the, uh, we're going to go longer than that. So you just have to deal with it. The, uh, anyway, do you go long? <laughs> I've just told Carolyn we're going longer with it in the, in the studio here. Um, it, to, to give you a long story short, you get to know somebody and she had a terrible disease. Well, she rang the bell and she was cancer free. And I said, well, great. Hey, happy days. She left. We lost contact. Flash forward to my 10th grade when I just got my driver's license at the age of 16 years old, pumped up, driving around. My dad calls me at home before I go to work out. And he says, hey, Philip, guess what? I said, what? He goes, Susie's back in the hospital. I said, oh, my God, what's wrong? She's at MD Anderson Cancer Center. And I just kind of froze because when you get admitted into MD Anderson, it's bad. So I drove over there, walked right in the front door after workout, popped in the door. Hello, 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 hello. Here I am. Okay, I need Susie. And I'm not going to say her last name because I don't want to hurt her mother, but because uh, the media will call her mother. And so 
I said, sweetie, um, you know, where's this girl at? And they told me, went up there, there's her father and there's her mother. And they're sitting in the hallway and they're crying. And they said, Susie only has a few days to live, Philip. And what you're going to see is you're not going to see Susie. You're going to see the emaciated body. And she's unconscious, but we think she can hear you. I'm baffled and shocked and scared. I walk through the door. I go pull the chair, a stool, actually it was, up next to her bed. And that's the first girl I ever held hands with. And I said, Susie, it's Philip. I'm here. And she gripped my hand. Like I say, that's the first girl I ever held hands with. The short story is one day later, I show back up to the hospital. They're back in the hallway crying. The doctors around them, the nurses, there's a crowd around the door. And I walk up and her mother comes, walks down the hallway as I'm walking up and she grabs me and starts crying hard and says, she's gone, Philip. And I looked and I said, can I go in and sit with her for a minute? And they said, sure. And I walked in, opened the door at MD Anderson Hospital in Houston, Texas. I sat down and she was gone. But they had done, they, I mean, those people there had, it was amazing. And what the parents didn't know is I had brought a scarf because I wanted her to have a brand new nice scarf, something Texas on it because she'd always said she loves stuff with Texas. Texas was always near and dear to her heart. Sat down next to her and I pulled the sheet back. The sheet was over her and her head was up and I pulled the sheet back and I held her hand. And I put the scarf in her hand, who she was subsequently buried in, buried with. And I told her I would never forget her and that I hope I had made her life just a little better. I've told the story before in speeches and I've told the story here on this podcast. I pray that I've done one of the three things my father taught me as I was walking out the back door going to Texas Tech University. One of them, which is always find a place a little bit better than you found it. Folks, may I ask you this Christmas that you make something a little bit better than you found it? Say thank you. Love somebody. Kiss and make up with somebody. Do something good for somebody or something. Make this negative year a positive year. And that's my message for Christmas this year. May God bless all of you. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a prosperous new year. Caroline, thank you for all the work you put in. Thank you, and Merry Christmas. I appreciate you, and we love you, and uh, God bless our United States of America, and let's uh, start off uh, 2024 and a little bit better than we did 2023. We will so, see you in 2024. We will. Thank you, and Merry Christmas, and we'll see you all soon. Bye.
the Klein Files. I'm in a grumpy mood. Blah, blah, blah. And you know what they say, assuming makes an ass of yourself. My name's Philip Klein, and I'm a fixer. And I am. It's a real damn thing.